Hello and welcome to Stress Less with me, Jess, where you hear episodes when I interview other business owners about how they are helping you reduce stress. Stress is every single day, so what are some things that we can do about it? Also, check out journeytoyourself.net events page where you can see how you can help me celebrate another year in business by helping my fundraiser to American Association Suicide Prevention. All right. Just want to get that started so you can get the podcast on here as well. Multitasking. All right. Good morning. How are you? I'm so excited to have you on here. So I know you're on our, my Instagram live, but I wanted to bring you back because I think what you talk about is so important. And honestly, I, I think it's not talked about because of quote unquote embarrassment, or we honestly just don't know. And we're just not taught. And I, you know, obviously what I do, I feel the same way about what I do, but I really feel the same way about what you do. Like your story and um, how you even got started where you are, I think is so important. And I think so many of us can relate to having issues and not having them be resolved, right? Or not, or someone just going, oh, it's this, or drink more water or exercise, right? So it's all these other answers. And it's like, no, there's actually an issue. I know, yeah. I know I sound crazy, <laughs> but let me give you a quick introduction. So everybody that's on here can kind of go, oh my God, I need her in my life. Okay. So doctor so one of these days i'll get there dr victoria climate i'm so excited you're on here so you're a physical therapist but you focus on the pelvic floor so you focus a lot on prenatal postpartum pelvic floor issues and orthopedic aches and pains right yes. and yes. i feel like this makes sense but i feel like most of us don't think we have any of these issues. And I know when I first met you, I was, you know, you're talking about the pelvic floor. I'm going, oh, it's only for babies. It's only when you have your mom, it's only for, and you have taught me that it's a before and after it's an everybody thing that we all need to know. So before we get into all these questions that I know I still have, you know, we've talked and I just feel like you keep causing more questions. I'm like, oh, I want to know. I want to <laughs> So please give us an introduction of who you are. Well, you did a great job already. So I'm Dr. Victoria Clement. I'm a physical therapist. I started out my career in orthopedics and then transitioned to, into pelvic health based on my own pelvic health issues, which I can get into a little bit later. Um, decided to start my own practice in 2021, starting out doing mobile therapy. So going to people's homes. And then I opened a practice location in Maniok which I'm that currently, I still do a couple mobile visits for new moms because I know that's hard for them to get out of the house and just makes it easier on them. And I love doing that for them. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll dive into my story because I yes, think it's important. I Full disclosure, I'm not a mom. So 
Yes, pelvic floor therapy is for everyone, anyone, kids, men, women, the elderly, anyone that has a pelvis. And um, I went years with these issues in my 20s, had kind of like sciatic pain that was lingering. I had incontinence, so I'd be standing at my job. I worked at a bank at the time, completely like wet my pants and had to go home. It was completely embarrassing. Didn't know why it was happening. Um, I always had issues with insertion, like tampons and intercourse. And years and years go by, seen different doctors. They didn't really know what to tell me. Like people were like, oh, you should take this medication or, oh, like, I don't know what to tell you. So one day I end up with this horrible pain. Like I thought I needed my um, appendix out. Like it was that bad. Went to the emergency room. They're like, there's nothing wrong. Like they did all the scans. I'm like, there has to be something wrong. <laughs> um, went to the gynecologist. She thought it was an ovarian cyst, she, but it wasn't. The images came back that it wasn't. So I was talking to one of my friends and she's a physical therapist too. And she said, why don't you try a pelvic health specialist? I'm like, you know, that's a great idea. I didn't even think of that because in PT school, we don't, in my program, at least we didn't learn a lot about it. So I'm like, I'll give it a shot. So I made my appointment and right away I knew it was a huge need in the community because it was a six week wait to just get in for an evaluation. And so like, I'm very curious at this point, looking into the specialty, I signed up for a course because I was so interested in what this was. Um, so I took the course, got my treatment. The therapist was amazing and helped me get through like, like take away like 85% of the symptoms I was having. It was like, wow, this is almost like magic in a way. <laughs> so um, I was hooked on it. I took the courses, um, started offering it where I was working. Um, things kind of didn't work out at that place. So then I went and started my own practice and haven't looked back. So oh I'm here goodness. to tell you that if you're experiencing any of those things, go see a pelvic floor therapist. It can be a PT or an OT. Like it's not just physical therapy. Um, it can change your life a lot, like for the better. And it's so crazy. And like, that's why I wanted you on here too. Cause I, again, I remember, you know, I've seen pelvic floor specialists before, like in presentations and they were very much of the mom focus. And I guess it makes the most sense, you know, probably if you're talking to a group of women for sure. But mm -hmm. again, with your story, non-mom, even to today, right? And having these issues that maybe we couldn't exactly relate to, but there is probably a lot that a lot of us can relate to, such as the, you know, insertion, the intercourse, you know, things like that, that I think a lot of us really experience. And I know when we first met, you were talking about it. And, you know, I was thinking about some conversations that I have and didn't have a girlfriend, you know, especially even growing up, that's not a conversation. You sit in the bathroom and go, Hey, by the way, did you, do you have trouble putting that in? Because this, you know, you know, it's not a conversation, but it's also not really being taught in schools in general. And like you said too, mm -hmm. with the PT practice, you know, but even for us growing up, we have to watch these sex ed, you know, classes, but they don't teach us this part. They don't teach us the insertion. They don't teach us, you know, what it's supposed to feel like. And I'm not talking about intercourse. I'm literally talking about tampons, right? And so, you know, it's it's stuff that's not being taught. Mm -hmm. And like, what do you do if if you can't do it? Like, if you can't insert the tampon, what? Like, I was led to believe that I just couldn't do it. <laughs> like, it was it's just not for like, you. <laughs> that's why they have pads, and you're like, but I don't want that. 
yeah like what happens when you go to swim with your friends like I there are many times where I just didn't go hang out with my friends at the pool because I couldn't I was embarrassed to admit it so yeah but it's true especially at that age you know again it's not being talked about and it's it's made to be feel felt that it's an embarrassing thing right Mm -hmm. obviously no you're not gonna have this conversation at the dinner table obviously there's boundaries with this conversation but you know what I mean? It's, it's definitely a conversation that's not being had and it is important, you know, again, especially at such a young age, we're creating this awareness. But if you think about how many, you know, you probably give a percentage, but how many adults don't know this again? Like when we talked, I know I didn't know half the stuff that you were saying, you know? There are a lot. And thank goodness for social media and that way that like people are learning. Um, there are lots of great professionals out there giving evidence-based information and helpful tips and tricks out there if it weren't for that I don't know if people would know about it as much you know yeah no it's for sure because it's less embarrassing to google or tiktok search something than to like call somebody up and say hey is this normal you know and so more people are speaking up saying kind of like you just said your story you know you even did the tmi in the beginning but you know saying that this is a thing so let's really get into it so Tell me some non-mom pelvic issues. Okay, so let's see. Um, I'll just, I'll walk you through like a painful intercourse kind of situation. Yeah. So what people don't realize, when they think of pelvic floor therapy, like a lot of people think Kegels, like you have to strengthen. And that's not always the case. Sometimes you have to lengthen and that comes into play with intercourse. So um, what I do is depending on the patient's comfort level, we um, decide whether we can do the internal work, which is one finger in the vaginal canal, kind of helping to lengthen and massage along with stretching those inner muscles, like the inner thighs, the pelvic floor, some lumbar stretching, and then we got to strengthen. So I really focus in on the functional strengthening, the outer hips, the back, the, like the whole chain, the knees, hips, knees, and ankles. Um, And then at home, they're working on that stuff, but also like there are tools that you can use such as dilators, pelvic wands to make it more comfortable. Cause not everybody likes having somebody else like do that part for them. So that gives you an opportunity to do it on your own, at your own pace, at your own comfort level to help um, stretch and expand those muscles to make those insertion, um, I guess you can call them activities, activities of daily living more comfortable for the person. And um, then kind of like going through it that way, like progressing the strength and progressing the dilator, like girths and using the wand, it, it can be like very good with all of the components. Um, And then another thing, let's see. So like there are other conditions that can cause and contribute to pelvic pain, such as like endometriosis or um, like, let's see, I'm blanking on the the names of the things right now. So like endometriosis, um, just tightness in general. So like some people, grew up doing dancing or gymnastics and they're told like you gotta keep everything tight and sucked in and straight and like that can cause pattern issues that can cause tightness that like over the lifespan 
of doing those muscle patterns and movements, it, it can just contribute to that. Um, also, like if you, let's just say you injure your back or your hip. So your body's so good at helping itself and protecting itself that that weak area kind of gets protected by the pelvic floor. The pelvic floor tightens up to protect it and stabilize it, which it shouldn't have to do. So it kind of takes the job of other muscle groups. So we got to kind of like be an investigator and figure out like what's weak, why is it compensating, how is it compensating, and kind of unravel those issues. I like the way you just said too with the investigator, because I think, again, kind of going back to your story, and again, a lot of us have some story in some way of that, of, you know, I had an issue, I had to go to 800 doctors, we took so many tests, blah, blah. But like you said, I, I want to unravel. I want to start with the main issue and kind of just unravel from there and see where we can go. And I think that's what a lot of us really look for of, hey, I know this part hurts. It's maybe connected to something else. I really don't know. I just don't know what to do. And so that unraveling, I feel like is um, very calming, right? And very, mm -hmm. you know, I think so. I think what you're saying right there is really important. Yeah. And so, all right. So we have our non-mom issues. What are mm -hmm. What if you're a first time mom and you're pregnant? Do I, is that still, there's, there's, there's still a reason to go to a public floor? Um, yes, 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 yes. Because there, there's a lot of confusion in pregnancy I've, I've found. So you're, you're like, I, what exercises can I do? Can't I do what positions can I be in? Um, am I allowed to get my heart rate up this high? Like lots of unanswered questions. And I, that's actually one of my favorite populations to work with because there's a lot you can do education wise to know like how to exercise and be safe, but also like preventing injury with birth and knowing the positions that work best for you to reduce your pain during labor and then minimizing those complications during birth and postpartum. So like you're tearing your diastasis recti, which is that abdominal separation. Um, and like prolapse, which is, um, you think of like the tissue walls and the vaginal canal, and those walls can weaken at certain points and kind of the tissue kind of like bulges into the canal. Um, it can cause heaviness and issues there. So minimizing all those things, even hip injuries. So if you end up on your back and you're pushing and your hips aren't strong on the outside, it can cause injury to the labrum of the hip or the muscles. So just more of like that preventative work to make that a better experience for mom. Wow. The first thing you said too, was there's a lot of questions when it comes to pregnancy and there really is, you know, I have a couple of girlfriends that it's first time moms going on their second time moms. And it's, it's, a, there's still so many questions, right? There's still so many questions and it's already such a hormonal rush. And then you're not knowing, and then there's a fear. And the, so there's so many things played. And again, going back to the first thing that we said, is that this is not being talked about, right? Mm -hmm. I had one girlfriend and she even said, she goes, you know, this is not being talked about in my consultations. It's something I'm calling my mom for going, Hey, I don't know what, what's this feeling? Is this normal? You know? And so they talk about the glow and all oh, embrace the stretches, but there's so many other things that are happening to your body that you've never experienced before. And it's scary. And then you even brought up the whole birth, right? 
there's so many things to do during the birth. And again, it's so scary because it's unknown and not talked about. Right. And then sometimes there's too much information out there. So like you're getting too much, too many opinions and you don't know what's true. So it's, it's good to go to your professionals to find out like what is true for you. Like what might work for someone else might not be your case. And that's another big one, right? And that's for so many different things in our life, but especially pregnancy that just because it it went this way for you does not mean it's going to go this way for you. But I feel like, and correct me if I'm wrong, even first pregnancy and second pregnancy are completely different sometimes. Oh yeah. I've heard that a lot. Like my patients that have had two or three, four kids, like they're like, none of them were the same. (laughs) I believe it. I definitely believe that. And again, like how confusing and scary is that, you know, Mm -hmm. it's yeah, it's wild. Okay. So you help with non-moms. We talked about intercourse. We talked about tampons, talked about first time moms talked about, you know, preparation for giving birth. Okay. So now I've had a baby. How can pelvic floor help me? So we like typically like for um, the patient to wait six weeks at least to come see us um, because six to eight weeks is how long it takes tissues to heal. So we need to be kind to your body, listen to it, let it heal. Um, There are little things that you can do that are safe, um, like little exercises that kind of activate the muscles that don't involve like moving the muscle. They're called isometrics, Um, just functional movements in those first few weeks. And then by the time that you check in with your OBGYN, it's a great time to come see us too, because then we can do a whole evaluation of those things I mentioned, like the core, the pelvic floor, the whole chain, hips, knees, ankles, even shoulders, because like you think about it, you're forward all the time. So you're feeding the baby, you're changing the baby, like your shoulders come forward and they're always in front of you, most of the time in front of you. You have to be able to carry their stuff, like their, um, the baby in the car seat or their bags, like all of the equipment, I guess, that comes along with the child. Um, So kind of getting that whole picture of it. Um, And then figuring out like what you need based on that evaluation, how to progress it slowly and safely without causing any pain, any um, issues. You wanna make sure you're breathing correctly, pelvic floors, activating at the same time that the transverse abdominus is activating. So that's your deep core muscle that helps support the spine and the core. So you need those three things to be working together with those exertional movements. Um, And then it depends on the person. So some people want to get back into running. Some people want to weight lift. Some people just want to be able to take care of their kids and not have pain. So it really depends on the goals of the person and how much we progress into those higher level activities. I love that. It's, it's again, just so crazy. All the different things that a pelvic floor specialist could do from non-mom, first time mom, six kids, mom, right? So it's so important, but you also mentioned the, um, the gyno, right? And so how does the gyno and the pelvic floor specialist, how do they work together? Because in my mind, especially when you're talking about the non-mom, um, intercourse and tampon insertion, my mind is, oh, doesn't a guy, wouldn't a guy know do that kind of stuff? But I'm assuming mm-hmm. there's a part where they just kind of hand it over to you. So how do you guys work together? 
So they, they're more of the diagnostic, like, um, figuring out, like, they're like the touch point person. So you go see them, they look at your tissues, they can identify tissue pathology, like if anything's going wrong. Um, and then that's when they would send to us. So let's say you have a prolapse or a diastasis recta. They're like, go see a physical therapist. They can help you with the hands-on. They can help you with the exercise to correct these issues and the techniques that come along with those. Um, they're, they're basically like, we're all a team. So like, I think about it as a village of providers, you're a team. So like the doctor's like the head person, like the, the team captain, I would guess. I guess you could say, and then they, from there, hopefully are able to send you to the person you need. So sometimes it's a mental health specialist, the, the hormones after giving birth, sometimes you need a little extra support there, or in, sometimes you need a registered dietitian or support, like you can give like that stress relief and like learning how to manage your time with the baby, the new baby in your life and working and the other kids and taking care of yourself. Like you need, it depends on who you need at that time. Yeah. I love that. It's good to hear that they work together. Cause that's something you want to see though, too, is that people that are trying to help you work together and know like their areas and delegate going, okay, this is going to be that area, whether it's mental health too. And I love that you mentioned that obviously for a lot of reasons personally, but also because it's, again, it's another topic that is being talked about more, like you mentioned too, with social media, but it's still, still not talked about enough. And maybe there's a little bit of that too much information out there too, that you mentioned. <laughs> so yeah. It's really important. If there's one thing that you would want women to know about pelvic floor or pelvic floor specialists, what would that be? I would say like, don't be embarrassed to talk about what you need to talk about. Cause we are here and we are here judge judgment free. Like we are not here to judge you. You should come in and be able to feel like you're safe and that you can talk about anything because the more details you give us, the more details you give your medical providers and anyone, the more information we have to help you specifically with your individual needs. So never leave out a detail. And I always tell people like, if you're experiencing something, write them all down. Because like, I've had that, I, I just made a reel on this. It's silly, but like, I go to the doctor and then I forget what I'm going to say. Because like, I know they're limited on their time. <laughs> so I'm like, uh, uh, uh. <laughs> so, um, writing it down and having the whole picture and all the symptoms and the pieces of the puzzle is very helpful. I love that. That's, it's really smart. Yeah. Again, having it together, having the questions, having the outline if possible, right. You know, when mm -hmm. this happened, then this happened, right. I think that's really important. And like you said too, the biggest one is, is bringing the questions, but bring it without embarrassment. And if you are embarrassed, still speak up. I think it's really, yeah. right. And don't wait. The other piece is don't wait because Ooh. the longer you wait, the harder it becomes chronic. So it's the, it takes longer to kind of heal and unravel those things. So don't wait too long. <laughs> don't wait. Don't be embarrassed. Show up for yourself. I like it. You know, I'm show like, up for yourself. It. Yep. <laughs> I was all so Dr. Victoria, so now someone's listening or rewatching the live and they're saying, I need a contact her. I have maybe my embarrassment questions or something. What is the best way for someone to contact you? to contact me. So I typically answer the quickest to emails. So if you can get a hold of me during 
like via an email to ask the questions or if you want to set up a consultation call that's the best way um i am a one person show so it's hard for me to get to the phone <laughs> um i try to i try to answer the voicemails and call back but sure um, email is the best and easiest and quickest way to get a hold of me awesome and the email is going to be v climate c-l-e-m-e-n-t at restore the floor pt.com correct yep okay. yep Perfect, perfect, perfect. We'll make sure they have all the information. And that wherever you're listening, I'll have that repeated in the comment section for you. So you can always redo that if I just spoke way too fast for you. Dr. Victoria, I am so excited to have you back on here. I know we did, like I said, we did the Instagram live. Now you're over here. And I just, I'm just so excited to keep showing people what you know and getting them to contact you with all the questions from non-embarrassment to the embarrassment ones. I just want people to know that you're definitely there for them. Absolutely. And thank you for having me. Like it, it means a lot to be able to talk on these platforms with other professionals and share my story. So. <laughs> okay. I think we did it. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. I cannot wait to hear about what your thoughts and feelings were on today's episode. Please leave a review. If you have any questions or want to contact me, please go to my website at journeytoyourself.net. All my contact information is there. While you're there, please check out my events page. We are celebrating another year in business and we are supporting a fundraiser, America's Suicide Prevention Awareness. So you have all the different ways that you can help support the fundraiser and support another year in business with me.